Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's the Sox on Tap postgame show. Johnny Nani here alongside NWI Steve, and we are discussing White Sox absolute beatdown 11-1 of the Twins open this series. Steve, great way to get a little last uh, stomp uh, on the Twins' grave here, starting this thing off. Hey, yo, Johnny, it feels fan-fucking-tastic to just go up there and just piss all over them sons of bitches once again. Yeah, Steve, it's it's always great being the Twins, and obviously uh, we've been used to doing it when it's a little bit more competitive uh, starting last year, but uh, hey, we'll, we'll take it any way we can get it. We're finishing up with them here last series of the year against them, so go out with uh, some exclamation points. They certainly did that tonight. A uh, bunch of home runs and, and good stuff to talk about with the return of Luis Robert, too. Uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty, though, uh, make sure you are visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can give us a follow on social media at Socks on Tap and at On Tap Sportsnet. Uh, make sure you are also visiting Grandstand for your White Sox merchandising needs. They're located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. You can also visit them online, GrandstandSox.com, and social media at Grandstand Socks. So, Steve, coming into this one night, uh, obviously coming off a big sweep uh, of the Cubs at Wrigley, going up to Minnesota here, starting this before uh, Sox get out to the Field of Dreams to start a tough stretch of games uh, through the middle of August here. But, hey, not overlooking this one. They took care of business tonight, and they put pedal to the metal early. Tim Anderson, how about him starting this one off, just like he did Sunday night with the leadoff home run? Stirring that drink, baby. That's what TA does. The fact of the matter is that they talked about this on the broadcast last night that they, he thinks he found something in his swing working in the, in the cage before the game yesterday. And if that is true, and if Timmy is starting to elevate the ball again and starting to create some more power at the top part of this lineup here, and you add the big boy in the middle part of this order here, all of a sudden now the complexion of this team changes dramatically. And it's amazing how that happens here. You add that one big bat there right in the middle and we're seeing it already. This team looks totally different already. And two days in a row, going out there, stepping on throats right away in the first name. That's what you want to do. You're going up against these little weak sisters. Go out there, punch them right in the mouth, right from Jump Street, and say, we're going to kick your ass from start to finish here for nine innings, and there ain't a fucking thing you can do about it. And it was beautiful. It wouldn't stop just there in the first inning with Tim Anderson because uh, Hernandez walked. Uh, Brave struck out, but then Eloy comes up to the plate. Jacks his first of the night. Two-run shot. Absolute bomb out to center, Steve. Uh, this, you talk about Tim Anderson finding a swing. Hey, it only took Eloy about, what, a week-ish, maybe, to find them? You know, it's it's funny. I remember when we were in our in our text thread before the season started, and I had said something to the effect of, if he stays healthy, I really think Eloy Jimenez is going to be the first player in franchise history to hit 50 bombs, and he's going to do it this year. Obviously, we all know what happened a couple weeks after that. 
but we're seeing this already. He's getting in here after a couple of games, finding that group, and that power presence in the middle part of this lineup that this team has been missing all season. He's here now. Look the fuck out. Yeah, I, I love it, Steven. I definitely think a full, healthy 162. We, we could definitely be approaching that, uh, the 50 mark, like you had said. Uh, can't wait for years to come with Eloy, obviously locked up for a long time. I uh, wouldn't even be done in this game yet, though. Um as we're uh, coming through uh, the rest of this thing here, uh, White Sox add on one more uh, on Robert reaching out an error. Hey, good to see Mr. Luis <clears throat> Robert back in the White Sox lineup today. It was excellent, Steve. I know that was a little error by Snow over there at first base, uh, but he did lace a single later in the game. Also got a double on a weird play between Jake Cave and Max Kepler out there. But hey, what did you like from Luis Robert here? His stance also looks a little different. Yeah, he, his stance is a little bit more open uh, than we've been accustomed to seeing. He was typically pretty closed off. Um, maybe there's just some little minor tweak that they are working on uh, going back to his time down in Charlotte here, maybe allowing him to see the ball a little bit more here with that with that open stance. Uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out here over the coming weeks as he looks to try to get his timing and adjust back to pitching at the major league level here. The one thing you always kind of get a little bit concerned about with guys you Utilizing an open stance is um, the timing mechanism of, of closing the stance and getting squared up there and potentially getting tied up on hard inside fastballs in underneath the hands. So, but we all know the type of bat speed that Luis Robert can generate out there. So, if there's a guy that I believe will be able to utilize an open stance like that and still create hellacious bat speed and hellacious exit velocity, it's Luis. Absolutely, Steve. It's great to have that back here. It's an element of the show that became a staple last year, and we're just missing it so much. Uh, since obviously been out since mid, we had a little bit to start the year, but then uh, you know May second, so just over a month into the season, he's gone for a whole three months. Three months too long uh, without my favorite freak of nature. So great to see him back out there tonight. Misread a little ball a little bit in center field, but just shows you. First of all, he looks healthy, which is a great thing, and second of all, the defensive prowess out there too. It was able to recover on a ball that he misread at first and make a diving play on it and also uh, had a nice one before that play even happened but let's continue with the bats here steve because socks would add on even more in the top of the second make this one kind of over before it started uh even though that kind of felt like it in the first inning anyway uh eloy jimenez comes up again uh, with hernandez and anderson on base and he jacks a three-run shot out to left field man i, I know we already talked about him a little bit here but th this is the type of power that makes this White Sox lineup so fearsome when you write it out on paper fully healthy. And just imagine when Mr. Bat Drop, Yaz motherfucking money, Grandal, comes back here in maybe two, three weeks at this point, and then you finally get that full complement of what this team was supposed to be heading into the season. And where are the outs going to come from in this lineup? You know, Yoan Makata's obviously had some struggles here in recent weeks. He he put together a pretty nice game here today. If they get this thing rolling on on all cylinders here, the whole key to this thing is by mid-September, get this thing on a roll here going into the playoffs. And this team, you, you can put them up there against anybody at that point because the lineup depth, 
that they will have at that juncture if guys are fully healthy and close to what they normally can do from an offensive output standpoint this team is going to be really tough to beat. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about, you know, where are you going to find outs and there, you know, e- even guys that maybe bumped down uh, with, with returns of, you know, Yasmani Grandal. Obviously, we're two steps closer now with Eloy. Now, Robert back, Grandal will be the third one to get the fully healthy core of starting position players really back. But, you know, you have an Adam Angle, you have an Andrew Vaughn thrown into the mix. Those ain't easy outs either. We've seen both of them be able to leave the yard plenty this year. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, even if he bumps down to an eight spot or so, man, he has some pop that he we showed over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, very dangerous. Opposing pitchers are not going to have a good time. So uh, let's roll through the rest of this game here. Sox add another one in the top of the fifth. Uh, thanks to Mr. Luis Roberts. Uh, first RBI back uh, was on a double. A little bit of a weird play, misplay between Kepler and Cave. Deflection out there. Uh, but, hey, that's a last place team doing last place things and the White Sox able to capitalize on it for so many years. We saw it the opposite. White Sox playing that kind of brand of Little League bullshit, as our friend Tony on tap likes to say. So uh, and I see the Sox capitalize on it there. Uh, Goodwin would hit a sack fly on the top of the seventh to make it 9-0. Uh, we get an Anderson RBI single staying hot, finding that thing in the swing. Uh, he adds it to get up to double digits, 10-0. Uh, and we'll talk about Giolito in a second. The Twins alone run would come on a solo shot bottom of the eighth, but then, hey, Moncada from the right side, some power out to dead center. That is a good sign, too, uh, along with some of the hits that he had, uh, you know, late in the game Friday, uh, I believe, uh, the game against the Cubs, and then also the double that you saw on Saturday to start things uh, in that Cubs series. So, Moncada, here, I think this is a good omen, uh, this late-inning home run. I agree, and it's not just the hits themselves or, or the home run here. Even in the last two to three days, the outs that he's making, they're, they're starting to be a little bit louder, starting to square the ball up a little bit more. We, we've seen him take a couple of walks here in in recent days, and that was something that during that cold stretch that he was on for about two and a half weeks there, we really weren't seeing out of him. He had like, I think it was maybe a 28 to three strikeout to walk ratio during that cold stretch right there. So if he's starting to reestablish that plate discipline there and now starting to create um, loud contact, again, this is just another vital piece of this lineup. And Steve Stone talked about this here. If you get that guy going, I, and, and I feel like we keep, we say this about a number of guys here. You get that guy going, and this lineup just becomes that much more dangerous, and this team becomes that much more complete. And it, it's really going to be a lot of fun down the stretch here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. One last thought here on Mankata is that, uh, yes, sure, he, he was in a cold streak over the past couple of weeks, kind of before this weekend. I think that's when it really started to warm up, and you're talking about you know the louder outs even uh, that we're getting from him. And that's all great, and that's indicative of him hitting the ball harder, exit velocities, getting it up in the air. Obviously, you saw the double uh, on Saturday afternoon home run today. Obviously, it'd be up in the air. Uh, hit off that batter's eye in center field. But uh, the value that he can add, even when he is in a cold street like that, I know a lot of it can come from defense too, uh, with him just playing a solid third base all around out there and base running if he does get on via the walk or whatever it may be. Uh, but man, it, it just speaks volumes to how important he is to this team. And then if he's performing, firing in all cylinders, uh, man, look the fuck out is all I have to say. So, uh, so, so, wait, so wait, Johnny, if I'm hearing you correctly, you don't think he should be sent down to Charlotte? Yeah, no, no, no. No, I, I know it's, it's it, 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 it will it was a little bit of a contentious thing to say in that like two maybe week and a half period there, but yeah, you know, I'm sticking with him, my guy. I, I you know for for better or for worse. <laughs> I, I heard some stories about some some people making some uh, comments saying that maybe you know he needs to go down to Charlotte, which you know hilarious if if nothing else. 
Yeah, uh, great, great comment from our guy, uh, Mike Soxside, Mike90. Uh, if Yo-Yo and Abreu get hot along with Eloy and Robert, this league is fucked up. No doubt about it. I mean, just all, all those points that we just shared previously there talked about how scary the lineup is on paper. So uh, getting it done uh, on the field with the results that we saw, uh, like tonight, uh, will definitely be extremely scary uh, when you have to face the White Sox team in crunch time. So let's go to the pitching side of things here. We covered all the offense. White Sox take care of it 11 to 1 here tonight. Uh, but Giolito starting this game, going eight tonight. Steve, we talk about getting these innings out of this uh, this guy. And it was excellent to see the low pitch count through, I think it was only like 67 or something through like five, six. Uh, it, it was excellent to see. Uh, stayed low in the pitch count, faced the minimum for a long time. First hit was a ball that ricocheted off his leg. Good to see that he was feeling fine after that. Um, and then the other one was the solo shot in the eighth inning, like I'd mentioned earlier. But overall in the night, eight innings, two hits, one earned run, eight strikeouts. That's a damn solid line. And what you just love to see from Lucas Giolito. That's what I want to see out there. You're out there, again, against a bunch of weak sisters, a lineup that is relatively depleted, is not scoring runs with great regularity. Go out there, take the ball, and shove it up their ass. That's what I want to see. That's what we got tonight from Lucas Giolito. He was aggressive, pounding in the strike zone, utilizing three pitches with consistency for almost the entirety of, of his outing. He had a little stretch there in the middle part of the innings where he kind of lost a little bit of the feel on the slider, but he was able to get it back relatively quickly here. So really had a nice pitch mix going today. Really good, strong pace out there. That's the guy that I want to see out there. That's the guy that you know I, I've harped on this a lot this season and people are probably sick of hearing me saying about it, but he thinks he's a $200 million pitcher. That's what I want to see from, from a guy in in this particular spot. When you're out there against a bad team, go out there and shove and dominate them. And now you got to go out there the next time you get the ball, you know, against, uh, against Oakland, I think it's going to be, um, or, or no, no, he should, he should actually, he should get the Yankees. Um, yep. yeah. On, on Sunday. So, yep. you know, I want to see this type of mentality and this type of mindset continue the next time he takes that mound against a, a better, more capable lineup and a playoff caliber team. We've seen him do it before, had that great performance against the Houston Astros uh, a couple of weeks back here. Build on this. Let's keep this thing. Let's keep this train rolling, baby. Yeah. But one last note on Lucas Giolito. We can talk about all the uh, command and, you know, pounding, attacking the strike zone uh, and having the three pitches working all we want. That Yes, that's all integral. But another part of Lucas Giolito's struggles uh, that we've pointed out on the show seems to just not be as locked in as dialed in, letting external factors affect him. And you can see it in his body language. You can see him frustrated coming off the mound or, you know, walking around the mound after a hit uh, or, or a potential error, whatever it may be. Um, I, I liked how dialed in he was tonight. You saw that just physically in the performance on the mound, but in between innings, they showed him and Ethan Katz working together. Like you had said, when the slider is started to go a little bit, they're sitting in there in the dugout and he's showing them what, you know, is going wrong. And Katz is giving him some pointers back and forth. That shows me that he's completely dialed in. Whereas at other times, uh, I don't have a cam on him all the time in the dugout, but it, it seems like it may be a leave me the hell alone um, status if he wants to talk about it and then, you know, leads to other issues there. So that was just one thing visibly that I was able to see from a focus and uh, sort of locked in standpoint tonight when it comes to Lucas Giolito. Uh, Garrett Crochet comes in the ninth inning. No problems here. Uh, did allow one base runner but no issues with that. Uh, White Sox wrap this thing up 11 to one. Uh, like I'd mentioned uh, before we get into the preview of tomorrow's game, Steve, a couple of, first of all, um, just an absolute shame from Tony Larusa plugging Lurie Garcia into the lineup tonight. 
keeping Vaughn and Engel. Yeah, Sal, thank you for commenting this earlier. I wanted to get through the game first, but uh, keeping Vaughn and Engel down, you know, uh, it's got to be best nine, all 162, Steve, or what the hell are you doing here? You know, the, okay, I, I want to go on a little bit of a rant here. So so if you'll give me a little room to breathe with, with yeah. this one, I'd appreciate it. You have the floor. Okay. So we see Luis Robert come back here. I don't think it's realistic to expect him to be out there every single day from now until the end of the season, especially when you're talking about a guy that had a complete tear of his hip flexor, a guy who a big part of his game is speed and explosiveness, which is something that a hip flexor can hamper. Okay. So I think we're going to see Luis Robert be spelled here um, in center field, you know, maybe once or twice a week initially maybe through the month of august here and then once you know we get to get to september here start kind of ramping it up but i think in general what this divisional lead is going to allow this team to do is to be flexible with the lineups allow guys to stay fresh maintain consistent at bats and obviously i think the biggest thing for this team right now is going to be playing for postseason positioning here i think it is very important that they try to find a way to get home field throughout the american league playoffs so this next two and a half three week stretch with the schedule here is going to be very challenging along with that though you do need to keep this entire roster this 26 man roster you need to keep these guys engaged and you need to keep them ready so that if something does happen, if there's a minor little injury that happens there, if if Yohan Mankata runs down the third baseline and has a tight quad or something, or if you know Eloy has has some little mishap out there as he has been prone to do, unfortunately, or even Jose Abreu, just seeing how beat up he has been this year, you need to keep this entire roster engaged. So I know I have had some issues at times with some of the line of construction things that Tony La Russa has done. Um, I still believe that I, I would like to see him utilize the number two spot in the batting order a little bit differently than he has. With that being said, I'm done bitching about the, about this lineup situation here. They've shown that they have a competent roster of major league players at this point. You can bitch about Larry Garcia all you want, but he has shown you stretches at times where he has been a competent major league player. He gets into trouble when he is forced into everyday action, and that was necessitated by a lot of the injuries that have happened. As guys come back, that problem goes away. So that makes this team more versatile, more dangerous. People need to quit bitching about the fucking lineups every day. It's going to be fine. Keep these guys engaged. Keep them ready to roll here because you get in a situation in October. Everybody remembers Jeff Blum? Biggest yeah. home run of his life. What happens if they get in a weird situation in a game four or game five of, of a postseason series against Houston or against Tampa and it goes 17, 18 innings and you've got a guy that you got to plug in there and if he hasn't swung a bat in two, three weeks, hasn't gotten any at-bats because you feel like you have to keep playing the same guys every day. It doesn't work like that. The Dodgers don't operate like this. Good teams, they look at Tampa, all the success they have. They're constantly keeping their full roster in the game with regularity 
Obviously, they have some set starters in there, but they're making sure guys are fresh, making sure that they're in the games here, that they're ready to roll. And I think that's what Tony LaRusso is going to do down the stretch. So quit fucking bitching about the lineup. Yeah, I just have one last point to add on. This is about the guys specifically that we're mentioning here. And obviously, that was sarcasm when I brought this up <laughs> when I was talking about the Lurie thing. If you did not catch that, uh, but it, it was just a hot topic on Twitter during the day when the lineup came out today. And I was just appalled, like you you just mentioned, the quit bitching about it. Uh, because first of all, let, let's look at the other guys that you know you possibly could have been there. Sure, Vaughn hit a fucking bomb yesterday, and that was sweet. Uh, you know, seeing that on national TV and you like that power in the lineup, I get it. But guess what? This is his first 162. He never even had a friggin' full minor league season. He was just at Schaumburg at the, with the taxi squad last year. It's his first full 162, and you're asking him to play a bunch of different positions. Guess what? He's going to get some off days, and he's also a rookie. Um, and then also for Adam Engel, if you haven't noticed, he's not playing every single day. They are still trying to monitor that hamstring and make sure he doesn't overextend himself and wind up back on the injured list. We already saw it once when he came back. He, he took long enough to come back already. He had a mishap uh, in his rehab. He had to start from square one again. That pushed his return back even later. Came back for a nice 10-game stretch. Wasn't playing every day even then. But then overexerted it again. He had to go back on the IL. You go back for a little short rehab stint in Charlotte and then come back up, and now you see the load management here. So quit your fucking bitching. Larry Garcia is going to be in the lineup every once in a while. And guess what? Didn't cost the White Sox a game tonight. They rolled through the Twins, 11-1. Let's get into tomorrow's game, Steve. Had enough about that. We, it was such a good game tonight. I don't want to end on sour notes like that. Let, let's talk uh, Dallas Keuchel versus Griffin Jacks tomorrow, 7-10 uh, in Minneapolis uh, on NBC Sports Chicago here. Um, what are we expecting this matchup here? I know Diamond Dallas kind of a contentious issue at points uh, here, but I think that's also kind of comparis, uh, in comparison to rest of the rotation guys uh, and just overall sort of, uh, you know, effectiveness here i have talked about this maybe with a little more regularity over the last two or three weeks that my confidence level in dallas is not particularly high at the moment here and from the standpoint of i think we're getting to a point where the time through the order penalty is really starting to impact him and I don't, I've talked about this in our, in our group text that I think when you get to the postseason here and if you get into a game four or game five situation and he is the guy that has to be on the mound, you have to utilize him for 18 hitters and you can't let him face number 19, regardless of whether he's got his A-level command or not. Um, just in the best interest of this team at this point, it's just not simply something that's going to work. And so I think that's where Lucas being able to go out there and provide length for this team today, being able to cover 24 outs, having a nice fresh rested bullpen is going to really come into play. And so I think you could see maybe a precursor to how Tony would potentially handle Lucas Giolito in a postseason start here tomorrow, even if it is a, a relatively light hitting twins team, that we're seeing right now, I still think they should start approaching this and having the mindset of this is how, this is the formula we're going to have to implement here to win a pivotal game against Doc in October against a better team. So I want to see Dallas go out there, hit the strike zone, use that cutter effectively. He really hasn't had very good command of that. I would say his last uh, two or three outings. So look for him to go out there and try to establish that early, get ahead of guys, Stay out of that big inning. Seemingly, that's been the thing that's really done him in in a majority of his starts this year is just that one bad inning where the command kind of gets away from him. Next thing you know, there's three or four runs on the board. Don't do that. 
and, and this this team should be okay because I think the bats are alive and well. Yeah, you're right. You got the bat factor in there too. And then also a nice thing with, uh, like you'd mentioned, a great, great point about Giolito uh, taking up 24 outs tonight, only using crochet for one to close this thing out. Um, basically all hands on deck tomorrow, bullpen-wise. You, you have your full array of options uh, because even Sunday uh, was nicely spaced out. I know Ray Lowe went to there, so I probably wouldn't expect him to be uh, super extended tomorrow. But hey, even if you needed him, though, I'm sure you could go to him. And then, like I said, Everyone else on top of that, basically rested, ready to go here. So um, it will be interesting. I would imagine Luis Robert plays uh, again here, um, and then maybe if he gets an off day in the series, uh, maybe that being Wednesday, then you have him come back uh, for the, the big stage on the Field of Dreams Thursday night. So um, that, that's just kind of my thoughts. Uh, you, you think he'll be in again tomorrow? I, I think that's probably a pretty good plan uh, that, that you just laid out there, Johnny. I think that would definitely make sense, um, especially when you consider the fact that they've got that built-in off day on Friday uh, after playing the Field of Dreams game in Iowa um, here this coming Thursday. So, you know, that would give him two days of, of rest and kind of allow him to get his body a little more acclimated here to the Major League travel schedule here and just the grind and the heightened intensity level of playing versus playing in Charlotte. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, like you said, to maybe see Adam Engel out there in center field on on Wednesday. Yeah, no, for sure. I just want to bring that up. But, hey, it was great to see Mr. Luis Robert back in action, man. I can't wait until he leaves the yard, too, because if, if I remember correctly, it was only one long ball for him before he went on the shelf. Granted, it was only about a month of play, uh, but, you know, uh, I feel like hitting's a little contagious here, and I see the other boys uh, getting it going, especially uh, guys he's close to the Eloy, um, you know, uh, big boppers in the lineup there. We go on Mancata, uh, fellow Cuban there, uh, going yard, so uh, I think he'll want to get it on the party at some point, too. Wouldn't be shocked uh, with this new approach uh, if it takes him, you know, uh, not too long uh, to get that done, so uh, final thoughts from this one, Steve, and then we'll wrap it up. Everything about it was great. I loved every minute of it. The Twins' pain brings me pleasure. No, I agree 100%, man. It, it is so nice uh, to piss on their graves, really, uh, and that's what it is. And, you know, the thing is, people talk about, you know, not lo- overlooking this. You know, you still got uh, you got to play these games, whatever, play them out, whatever. I'm already looking ahead to the next stretch of the games here because uh, e- even even if you drop these next two, I mean, wh- what the hell is it? it? It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, really, um, I would imagine. And you know what? I, I don't think they're going to drop the next two. Uh, I would imagine two of three or a sweep at, at minimum. So uh, that's what I think we can look forward to, and I expect another White Sox win tonight. Uh, or excuse me, tomorrow night, uh, that being Tuesday. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and commenting here on the live stream. We always appreciate it. Please join us uh, for all of these streams. Uh, share your thoughts, and we'll be happy to read them out here on the show as well. Make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us follow on social media at SoxOnTap, at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you need White Sox merchandise, Grandstand is the place to go. They're located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. You can shop online, GrandstandSox.com. Check out all their new releases on social media at Grandstand Sox. Steve, hell of a game tonight. Ball go far. Team go far. You love to see it. You love to see it. And then, Johnny, before we before we sign off here, just one, one other little thing I wanted to touch on here. Make yeah. sure that that uh, people are definitely going to ontapsportsnet.com uh, later on this week, following along with um, the social media accounts. I, I think there's some social media website. I don't know. It starts with a T, mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. think. Just maybe, just maybe you want to pay a little closer attention to it later in the week. There may be some special content coming your way. Googly eye emoji. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 we did talk about this a little bit over the weekend, uh, not on the air, but you, you and I did uh, along with Tony. So uh, yeah, just keep an eye on it. Keep an eye at Sox on Tap, at ONTAP Sportsnet, and ONTAPSportsnet.com. Good plug there, Steve. So that's all I've got. Ball went far tonight. That's the title of this episode. I think it's very fitting. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.